Welcome to the Inglorious Blasters podcast, the Star Wars Legion podcast talking anything and everything glorious or inglorious about the game. My name is Corey and with me today is John and Brendan. How's it going, my nerve burners? Hey, nerve burners. <laughs> nerve burners. This is a, I'm reaching uh, an insult. This insult suggested one was unstable, so... <laughs> Hmm. How's it I can going, see my it unstable now. Dudes? Accurate. Ner- <laughs> yeah, nerve accurate. burner. Okay. Yeah, no. That sounds like me. All right. Yeah. We're all very mentally unstable here at Ungl- Inglorious Blasters. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's why we're inglorious and not glorious. Yeah. Makes sense. All day. All day. <laughs> so today on the podcast, we got some awesome uh, stuff to share with you guys today. We have an interview with AMG. So you're going to hear that in a little bit. And then uh, later on, we're going to go over Moff Gideon and what his command cards and unit cards do. Stick around. Should be awesome. Yeah. Great interview. And Moff Gideon looks like fun. We'll definitely get into him. Hey, everyone. This is the Inglorious Blasters, and we have a very special interview for our listeners today. Joining with me, as always, is John and Brandon. But we also have with us Will Pagani and Preston Stone from AMG. Welcome, gentlemen. How's it going? Hello. Hello it's going good how are you oh doing fantastic <laughs> this flow is so much better than mine <laughs> that's a great flow i mean the ultimate hello is hello there from obi-wan so true. yeah <laughs> true all righty so for the audience that may or may not know can you guys uh give us a brief rundown of what you guys do for amg uh so I'm the art director. Uh, This is Preston. Hi. Uh, I I basically arrange for several artists out out there in the world, all over the world, uh, to do the illustrations for our cards. And then um, when they send in the sketches, I tell them how to do it better. And then uh, we go back and forth and we get to the end product that uh, you end up seeing on our cards. And uh, and uh game boxes he sent himself a little short i think because he also does all the marketing art and everything and it's beautiful beautiful stuff fantastic i it is thank you (laughs) (laughs) and i am will pagani i'm the development manager at atomic mass games uh i wrangle all of the other developers and work on all of the different game lines that we make awesome appreciate the rundown so we're going to have a couple of interview questions for you guys today, and we're super jazzed to have you guys on board. Uh, so B2B. let's get started. What takes up the most amount of your time during a release process, such as like a unit design, maybe like a model or stats production, or is it waiting for LFL approval? Um, yeah, just what, what eats up like the most amount of time during your day? Uh, so I imagine we'll have very different answers to this, but for the game design, portion of it. It's really playtest probably takes the most time because designing things is relatively easy, but then you have to see if they work and they're fun and people want to do it and that kind of stuff. And that takes a lot of time and effort uh, from us. So that's probably our, our biggest from the, the game development and design side for what we do. On, on the art side, uh, I think a lot of it is actually research, but uh, feedback takes takes quite a bit. So analyzing the art pieces, uh, making sure that the, the narrative is there, um, making sure the quality is there, uh, and then 
checking that against all of the references that we have from Melatel. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, so kind of you, you touched on it a little bit, you know, that they both have kind of different timelines, but what takes a little bit longer, creating the sculpt for the unit or finalizing the stats for the unit? That's, uh, you know, I assume they're being worked on pretty much in tandem for a while. Uh, and you, Will, you just said there's a lot of play testing there. But, you know, I, I'm sure also with designing the model, you, you just keep looking at it and going, can it do, can we make it a little better? You know, so how, how's that oh, all yeah. work out? The, the miniature design process uh, takes a very, very long time uh, because not only do you have to create the poses, which Preston, I believe you're, you're involved in as well, mm -hmm. um, but you also then have to create the actual miniature. So Preston, I mean, you, you could talk a little bit about the posing process, I guess, but. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, after we have the initial concept of what the product's even going to be, um, we get going on on uh, the concept art for the pose so you know we'll come up with like i don't know like si somewhere between six and 30 different poses depending on how happy we are with the initial <laughs> batch but uh you know um and then we'll send that over to the sculpting team and um yeah i mean you you kind of hit the nail on the head that, that we're kind of working in tandem we're working on a bunch of different project projects at once um so you know it's all happening over the course of several months um that we we both develop and uh do the sculpt and uh the art everything's happening all at the same time so yeah the the lead time on the miniatures which i'm sure you've heard uh talked about at different mini extravaganzas and stuff is about two years or more so it takes a very long time to make miniatures uh, for a lot of reasons. The sculpts are very detailed. Uh, the poses are very important and have a lot of back and forth. Uh, and then as well, the parting out of the miniatures onto the frames and things like that. So like a whole bunch goes into the, the miniatures. And that is, I, I think, pretty safe to say that's the longest part of any product is the miniature. <laughs> I don't think, I think the the sculpting guys and and Preston here get started on that well before anything dev related begins. So, yeah, awesome. I, I guess it makes sense. I mean, it's a it's a miniatures game. You want to make sure the the miniatures are looking great. <laughs> yeah, they gotta be cool. So, <laughs> well, uh, when designing the card art, what does that process look like? Um, well, it's it starts with uh, develop telling me what they need um so i i don't i'm unable to know like what exactly the, the cards will be um and so basically uh our, our development team will tell me uh hey we need like this upgrade and that character or whatever um and uh so i'll know sort of a deliverables to you know what what to deliver to them in the end um from there, I get started on on doing the research. Um, I've watched everything Star Wars, but I forget a lot of Star Wars stuff. So um, I'll go back and and uh, rewatch a lot of stuff to just to get my head right on on what we need. Like, what's the coolest scene that could represent this thing, right? Um, or in some cases, like it's not based off of a, like a a, sh a show or a movie. So it'll be something that I'm just not familiar with. Um, 
But uh, anyway, I just need to get my head around that and uh, I'll write up an art brief, send it off to um, offer it to artists, whoever decides, hey, I want to do some art um, in the next uh, two months, then um, they'll pick it up, give me a sketch. We go from there and uh, eventually get a final. So awesome. That's very cool. I'm personally a big fan of the Whistling Birds art from the Mandalorian uh, expansion because I don't know, I just it's so striking and it, it really is. Such it's, it's awesome. That you've done, Preston. I'm glad you like that. Um, yeah, I think that was. Uh, I always like to give my artist shout outs, uh, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, Sergey Galushkov, um, uh, I, I believe he did the Whistling Birds art. Um, he's normally on, on a lot of our X Wing art pieces. Um, one of my favorite uh, ship illustrators, um, just really like it's it's hard to get a lot of like uh, feeling, emotion, movement into um, just uh, a block of an object that is uh, a ship, you know, and he does that very well. Oh, now, now can I ask Preston a question here? Can I can I interview Preston for a moment? Oh, sure. yeah, go for it, Will. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you assign him that art piece because the Mandalorian always wears his helmet, so he's sort of like an inanimate object he's, of a Mandalorian. Right. So that, yeah, that is a consideration when I reach out to artists. It's like I, I do think about like, oh, they're, I know them for doing like hard surface stuff, you know. Um, so they'll be good at armor or whatever. And, and in Sergey's case, he had a lot of. Um, maybe not a lot, but, you know, a few images in his portfolio that, like, I knew he was competent at um, human anatomy, or at least it wasn't going to come in not looking like a human person. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so I was like, yeah, he can definitely do armor. I know that. And um, he's just, uh, he takes a lot of care, a lot of a thought in his pieces. Um, and I knew I was going to get something that um, had all that, the texture and motion that um he's great at and yeah he he's never done wrong i think so <laughs> really happy working with sergey all these years all right <laughs> that's awesome yeah you guys definitely have some very very talented artists over there mm -hmm. uh, if i can i would like to jump back into uh, a miniatures um question so can you go like, and I think you touched on this a little bit already, but can you go through some of your process for sculpting the miniatures? So for example, are you doing it digitally using like, uh, I'm vaguely familiar with like ZBrush or are you doing something with like clay and uh, do you guys test out your sculpts? Um, do you have like any type of process for that? Yeah, I mean, we can't go too much into the the nitty gritty of the process, but they're definitely, the, the sculptors definitely use uh, digital sculpting techniques. I'm, I think it's ZBrush, but I don't really know um and yeah we do all sorts of different tests from 3d printing to renders to all that kind of stuff so uh yeah the 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 sculpting department is is very busy constantly and they got little buckets with little things in them just kind of moving around all over in the office and you're like what's in that bucket and they like slap your hand like no you can't look yet <laughs> so. it's forbidden do not look there <laughs> yep yep it's not ready you're like, okay, fine. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, so my next question here is, we're in a, a great time to be Star Wars fans. There's a lot of Star Wars content coming out. So I'm just curious, do you guys 
get any kind of early knowledge of things so you can start work on stuff or you just learning about it when we are and then just you know deciding hey this looks cool from this show let's start working on it um yeah so the specific licensing side of stuff and when we get information is all kept very close to the chest from the higher ups at atomic mass games okay so I will say definitely maybe is my answer. <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> well, cool. All right. Uh, so when designing a unit, what helps determine if you guys want to create a new keyword or use an existing keyword in the game? Yeah, so the one of the major goals of Atomic Mass Games, whenever we're designing anything, whether it's a unit or a card, like a command card or something, or even an upgrade or a mission card or something like the uh, crashed X-Wing kit that came out, where it's like a narrative scenario, is we want it to feel very authentic and very much like the thing that we are making. So when it comes to making new keywords or new things like that, we always look for, is there something that already exists that we can sort of uh stick two or three things that used to exist together to make something unique here that's that's the feel of this this unit or this this miniature this character uh or do we need to make something new and we're not afraid to make new things i mean I, i'm sure you've seen the the dark troopers have an entire second activation because we were like oh my gosh this would be so cool what if there's this like unrelenting robot that is just unstoppable how do we do that in the game oh my gosh they get to activate twice like that's so cool I don't remember who like said that in a meeting. They were like, this is a dumb idea, but what if they went twice? And we're like, my God, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so that happens all the time in the development meetings. Uh, but like, I, I don't I don't know if there's really like a, a, a way to say like, we always want to make a new keyword or something because we don't, right? Like there's a lot of keywords in Legion. We would rather have less keywords than more keywords if we can, but it's really important that the units and the characters feel like those units and those characters. So that when you're playing it, it's not like, I don't know, the same as something else, right? Like everything needs to be different and have its own thing and have its, its thing that it does. Uh, and that's that's really important to us from a, a design and development standpoint. I don't think I answered your question really at all, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the response either way. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I, that made sense to me, uh, but just like following up with that, you know, with so many characters, units, vehicles still not in the game, how do you go about deciding the order that they're going to be worked on? Uh, ooh, this is this is an easy one, Preston. Uh, mm -hmm. The, gosh, I always forget his title, Schick tells me what to make. <laughs> That's an easy one. That's an easy one. No, a direct I, I order. there's a lot of things that go into it, right? Um, what does a faction or or something need, right? Do they need another vehicle? Do they need a character? Do they need an, an operative, right? Like all that kind of stuff uh, goes into those decisions. Uh, what looks cool? What does the community want, right? Like all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I don't think there's really an easy answer to that one because there's just too many variables. Uh, and in the end, like, we want to make cool stuff. So we pick cool things. Hopefully, we think they're cool anyway. Um, I think they're cool. They're, they're definitely cool. I don't know if you have any more, more insight on that one, Preston. Maybe maybe you do. I, um, I just, 
whine about uh, how Ewoks aren't in the game for long enough until they are. Um, so <laughs> that happened. I, I think that's how uh, the order of things happens. So, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so we have you to thank for Ewoks. Okay, great. Among many others. <laughs> I was a big guy. Uh, I think we, well, we can do Ewoks. Let's do Ewoks. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. just right. seems it, it's like one of those things that's just so fun, you know? <laughs> Like, <laughs> definitely. I, so, um, you know, what, what's the uh, price point to bribe you to start whining for something else? So, uh, we, we, we got some stuff we want. Oh, I'm, I'm a habitual uh, whiner. So, <laughs> <laughs> cool. Are, well, are there any uh, current plans to create more core units for existing factions or increase the amount of personnel or heavy weapons for existing core units? Uh, I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, we're, <laughs> we're always making new stuff, right? Uh, and are there specific plans for core units? I mean, yeah, I mean, how can you not make core units, right? But remember that our, our schedule goes at least five years in the future, right? So like when I say, yes, there's plans for more units, it's not really a spoiler. <laughs> right. We got a long ways True. out. We just got a long list. So, yeah. One day. <laughs> there will always be more units and more core units, I'm sure. Hopefully. <laughs> so we already know that, you know, you've got some spoiler. You've already spoiled for us some stuff coming for the Galactic Clone Wars in Cody and Ventress. Uh, is there anything else? You don't have to necessarily tell us a unit name, but anything else specific, you know, uh, like a rank we can look forward to coming for that era? Because they are lagging a little behind the Civil War era. Uh, I don't think we're authorized to give any spoilers, but I will tell you that there's a lot of stuff coming. Okay. <laughs> so I can't give you anything specific, no, but uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just, there's always a lot of things in the pipe and they're for all the factions. So whereas uh, uh, Galactic Republic and CIS might be a little behind, they're getting love. Everybody's getting love. So just takes time. Yeah, we're just yeah. we're just really eager. That's that's all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just huge fans of the game. So, yeah. Like, let me tell you, when I see stuff and I'm like, oh, my God, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen, whether it be Preston's art or miniatures or even the designs that that some of the developers come up with. I'm like, God, we gotta wait years before I can talk about this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it really is the worst part. Yeah, God. you just want to go. You just want to go and tell your friends, I bet, and then just yeah. just gotta keep lips sealed. <laughs> Immediately post it all on social media and be like, "The coolest stuff happened," but I can't. Talk. <laughs> no, so we can't. We don't do any of that. But understood. Yeah, understood. It's it's just amazing to see with this. Like the team is just so amazing. They they make everything's great. Like the miniatures, the art, it's just also inspiring and it's just incredible. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you just said you can't really spoil anything, so I'm not going to push that. Uh, but I just would like to say that I was really, really impressed with the heavy response unit for Blizzard Force because that is essentially a print and play unit that uh, uses existing uh, components already built into the game. So I was impressed that you were able to make like a new unit, you know. So I, I was just wondering, like, not wondering because you can't give spoilers, but I would just like to encourage, I would like to encourage <laughs> like more print and play because I thought that was super cool. And like, you know, it's just a brand new way to play with like the, your existing toys. So 
Yeah, something that, that we're really big on uh, at Atomic Mass Games in general, in terms of philosophy, right, is always trying to find new ways for people to use miniatures, uh, whether it's new print and play units, new game modes, new scenarios, right? Like, we're always about, like, the core game is the core game, and it's the most important and robust thing, but having lots of different ways to use stuff uh, is is always something that we're doing. So if you look at Battle Forces, you see this unit of new Stormtroopers, right? Like, that's a great example where you can take something you already have and kind of breathe new life into it, breathe different life into it for something else that you can do. Uh, and I personally love those things because it also gives Preston a chance to make more art. And anytime Preston gets to make art, I'm here for it. It's always a good thing. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You guys knocked it out of the park with the uh, the Battle Force art, by the way. Oh yeah, those it, the, it's all phenomenal. All the art in that is amazing. Thank you. Very sweet. Yeah, I remember when we were talking about that stuff, Preston. We were like, "Can we make like a giant picture and then have it also be three command cards and maybe a <laughs> card?" And you were like, "Can we do what?" <laughs> 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 and there was a lot of like discussions and compositional stuff that went on with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It definitely it was paid a fun off. Challenge we we had not done that before, um, and it was fun to sort of, um, I guess, compartmentalize the a larger scene into that like a smaller scene that also has its own narrative. Um, yeah, it was a unique experience, and I I like using that idea without giving much away. <laughs> I mean, there are more battle forces coming. I think we, yeah. we do know that. Yes, yeah, we do know that much. <laughs> so I'm curious, you, you've done that for the, the four battle forces that have you know, been released. Have you found the process to do that easier? Uh, having that experience? Or is it still difficult because you're trying to make one big picture? Oh, I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's always a challenge. To, it's more of a challenge to direct that piece than it would be just one narrative, because you're dealing with now three, four narratives or whatever, you know, and you need, you need the main piece to read um, with one central focus and like fun things going around it. And also, you need other pieces to not like overlap so it doesn't feel cheap when you go to the command cards you know um so that that's really the challenge um there's also uh if i'm getting into like the the really detailed part of it but like there was um you know atmospheric perspective in the full piece so like little shifts in um you know contrast or whatever uh when you go into the command card portion so it doesn't feel faded out you know um all that's kind of important and worth worth considering so it, it's just it's a little bit more work to direct it to where it needs to be but um yeah they're fun pieces so I can argue with the results question. <laughs> follow up question in, in my interviews for preston here does that mean like <laughs> when we took the big art I, I look i don't know i, I haven't talked about this uh, when we took the big art and we we shrunk it down into the command cards, we messed with the contrast and stuff and the values. I did, yeah, yeah, nice, nice, cool. Yeah. Was yeah, that to I mean, basically I make the? Assumed, I, I just like assumed there was like a little crop tool, and you were just like, ah, done. 
No, yeah. Uh, well, for sure, that that did happen. <laughs> Once we had the smaller piece, you know, stuff like, um, you know, the the separatist image had, um, you know, their their tank in the background, and it was in the larger piece really pushed back into the distance because of the atmospheric perspective. But when that's the only thing you see, it needs to be the foreground. So you need to punch up the, the contrast just a little bit. Gotcha. Cool. Cool. I'm learning. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So am I. So a little, a minor touch. It, it's nothing I would have thought of, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I will reword my next question so that it is less spoilery. Um, <laughs> just to maybe ask it in a pseudo indirect way. Is there anything you guys want to see in the game that's currently not in development? Well, that's, that's a pretty spoilery question. Uh, I can try to answer that in a non-spoilery way and just tell you a really vague uh, what my preferences are. Like I said, you know, I liked seeing Ewoks. So, like, my preference is to see non-humanoid stuff, but ultimately I, I i don't really have a say in what we make so <laughs> it's not really a spoiler thing it's just i like aliens there you go i'm with you there preston we need more twilix <laughs> and other alien races in star wars <laughs> like the gungans <sighs> they have a grand my, army my, my my answer for you will be that i i want to see more uh, atmospheric to steal Preston's word, uh, terrain added to the game. Uh, and whether that's through terrain products that we make or, or the hobbyists out there making cool stuff. Right. Uh, I love like the indoor bunker, I think is so cool. And like the crashed X-wing I love. And if you haven't seen that thing in person, it is beautiful. Like, cause to me that like telling the story, giving the narrative of it all, right. Like we're here because we love star Wars, right. We're here because we like a game that deals with all of these characters from Star Wars and stuff. So why not make the battlefield itself part of your game, right? Like adding all of that kind of stuff to me just like doubles down on the flavor and the fun and the enjoy enjoyability enjoyment. I don't know. Is enjoyability? Uh, it is now. We could make it. A, we can make it a word now. <laughs> it can't be for now. Um, <laughs> like it, it's. I don't know. I, I think that stuff adds so much to the game. Uh, while it not, might not necessarily be rules dense or anything like that, it to me just makes it so much cooler and so much more enjoyable to have that. And it stuff. definitely draws new players into the game. Like anytime we're playing or we're at events, I feel like people walk by, they see the tables and they automatically are like, whoa, is this Star Wars? Like, look at this thing, you know? Um, it adds to the spectacle yeah. of it, I guess. Dallas yeah. likes to talk about the spectacle. Of, right, of for sure. Um, Dallas is our not creative director. Creative director? What is yeah, Dallas? Director is, is his title, yes. Yes. That's what he does here. Um, he's Dallas. He's a Dallas. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he always talks about that kind of stuff whenever we're doing anything, right? Like, well, what is this gonna look like, right? Like what is it gonna what is it gonna bring to the table? So I don't know. I, I love that stuff and seeing custom tables, seeing terrain, just, ugh, it does so much for me. So I want to see more of that. 
Yeah. Agreed. Uh, the terrain is definitely the biggest thing that draws people's attention, right? They see a crashed X-Wing on the table and they're like, okay, I'm in. It's, <laughs> it's massive. And, you know, uh, so many people came up to uh, us during PAX and they're just all super impressed with like the terrain uh, and then the miniatures themselves. Like so many people were just taking mi- uh, pictures of the miniatures themselves. So definitely doing something right over there. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the tables and the minis all feel Star Wars. And the fact that, you know, no two tables look the same really draws people in. It makes it look like a very dynamic and fun game. More. More. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this might also be a, a spoilery question you can't answer. But, I mean, <laughs> what, I mean, one thing that I know we all love is the organized play kits that have a lot of alternate art cards you know, really helps to build communities, you know, and Corey and I like to run tournaments at our local stores. Um, And, you know, aside from some of the, you know, the, like the Dianoga and the uh, other one, I'm drawing a blank on it right now. The can't say the name because I don't know if it's this one or the next one. So I'm just not going to say a name, but the The one with the slicer. I can't remember what that one's called. Hold on. It's on the shelf behind me. Dynamic exit. There we go. There you go. No, there it is. <laughs> so, I mean, I assume there there's more scenario based ones coming, uh, and you know, we definitely look forward to that. Um, but are there going to? Uh, and maybe you can't answer this, but are there going to be more that are just like full of just art for support to help build communities? Uh, absolutely. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> there. There are um i'm not sure they'll be the same as what you are used to from the previous kits but we do have support kits for stores and things like that uh in the works and they are full of beautiful art and alternate art and all sorts of stuff so looking forward to that i'm sure preston has had a lot of fun putting a lot of that together (laughs) uh yeah and i i'm pushing for more so uh (laughs) good (laughs) more is usually better (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm all for more, uh, you know, of the upgrades <laughs> I already have with different art on them. I, I love the alt arts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there, there's some pretty creative ones coming in terms of, like, how promotional material is made and that kind of stuff. So get get hyped, I guess. <laughs> there's some, some things coming. There's... Consider me hyped. <laughs> 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 and then it's an easy sell <laughs> i like artwork what can i say <laughs> yeah, our, our graphic design team has just absolutely killed it with promo material that's going to be coming out yeah. in the next while so very Excellent. excited for, for more on that to to be shown and for y'all to get your hands on it so looking forward to it cool uh so you guys previously stated that the uh, points updates and errata would happen like as needed, but usually the trend has been about like a year. Um, I know may or may not be able to answer, but do you foresee this continuing to be an annual thing or just, or whenever you think is necessary? Like, I guess uh, the question is, is do you have a, a pulse on like what units are overperforming? Sure. Yeah. So we, we do pay attention the development team, uh, specifically, I guess, Preston might too. I don't, I'm not, I might tell him what to do, but the development team does pay attention to, uh, the tournament results and stuff that we see online, uh, convention tournaments, that kind of stuff. So we're, we're always kind of watching and waiting in the shadows, uh, I guess is, is maybe the best way to describe it. 
but in terms of like a yearly thing, uh, we try not to like guarantee there will be one every year. If things are going well, we don't need a points update, right? If things right. are not going well, we need a points update. Uh, and I see no reason to postpone a needed points update for a year if we just made one and there was an oopsie in it or something. And I also don't see the reason to do one if things are going well. So uh, so we do them when we need them. It, it worked yeah. out this year pretty well where it lined up almost a full year from the last one, but that's certainly not a, a foregone conclusion or, or a plan, I guess. Um, yeah. Awesome. Sounds good to me. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you said you, you look at the tournaments for, you know, the rebalance. Yeah. You're, you're specifically looking at just the, the top list or you're also looking at the bottom lists to see what isn't performing or kind of look everything and just. Yeah. I mean, we, we really look at everything, right? Like if you look at 10 tournaments worth of results and you've never seen a, I'm going to say shore trooper, which is just obviously not correct, but you've never seen a shore trooper like maybe you should help out the shore troopers a little bit, right? Not saying that we're going to help out shore troopers because I know oh, that. right, <laughs> just just an example. <laughs> yeah, just, just oh. pick a random name. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like like we we are much more sort of about bringing up the bottom, I guess, in terms of our philosophy of game design than it is about bringing down the top. Now that doesn't mean that you never touch the top, right? But the hope is that you can get more variety and more different things on the table by making things better rather than changing and creating feel bad moments for players things down so because y'all y'all do a lot of work to assemble and paint these miniatures and collect them and the last thing that i want to do is say hey that guy's not good anymore so, <laughs> that um, unit will stay on my shelf <laughs> yeah like, like, nobody likes that i mean i i so many miniatures every year and I would feel really bad if that happened to me. So I don't want to do that to y'all either. And I don't want our developers to do that to y'all. So. <clears throat> yeah. I appreciate that design philosophy. I, I also agree with um, buffing the units that might need help, you know, rather than tone down some of the like super tone down some of the stronger ones. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I have to say the uh, points update you just did. I, I loved it. Uh, you know, you, you touched the things that had been problems and left most things alone. Uh, that felt like a very deft hand. And obviously, if you see that you overdid it, you can make a small change. You don't have to do a lot. So I really appreciated that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Andrew Derson did most of the work on that one, and he did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Nice. Uh, let's have a fun question. What's your favorite unit in the game right now? Does it have to be released? Let's <laughs> go. I mean, okay, yeah, that's that's a good answer. Everyone needs to look forward to Ewoks. <laughs> now, my question is, do you like the Ewoks because they're Ewoks or because of their uh, how they play on the table? Or a mix like of both? Because they're Ewoks, personally. <laughs> Got answer. Yeah, I mean... I, I love everything about the Ewoks. I love their miniatures. I think their art is phenomenal. And I'm going to say something a little strange, which is the like teeth on the Ewoks and all of the art. I don't know. It just makes them seem so ferocious. And I'm like, Arr. so like, I love <laughs> all of that coming out of the Ewok art. The miniatures are just fantastic. Like they're so small and they're so angry that it's just beautiful. 
And then I think uh, Darson did a phenomenal job with the rules and creating something very different and very unique that really feels like Ewoks. So I'm, I'm very excited for them to come out and for y'all to get them. And I'm going to be painting an army of them. So I'm excited. So if this awesome. isn't already in the works, uh, you should come up with a scenario that's kind of like Ewok Hunt and Battlefront 2 just to make <laughs> them terrifying. <laughs> well, they are they are definitely terrifying. So. I'm not sure if we can get the glowing eyes on the miniatures, but <laughs> I do that with a couple of airbrush techniques. That's some glow going. <laughs> so you said an army of Ewoks. Is that have we extracted a spoiler of sorts? <laughs> uh, they, they already <laughs> let us know it's a battle force. It's a battle force of Ewoks. Yeah, we, we talked about that. <laughs> Two hundred Ewoks that you have. Two hundred Ewoks. That would be a lot of Ewoks to paint. That would be a lot to paint. <laughs> My backlog's big enough without thinking about that. Oh no. <laughs> so Preston, how about for you? Is there a piece of art that you were the most pleased with uh, with the whole process of getting it going uh, that is released? I'm not going to fish for a spoiler. Like ever? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like you, you mentioned uh, the uh, uh, the battle forces. I, honestly, like um, that whole set just ended up so great. Um, I, <laughs> I can't remember if we've spoiled one yet, so I I'm hesitant to to say what one of my favorites is. But, you message um, it to me, and I can thumbs up or thumbs down you. Uh, <laughs> I can play the Jeopardy music in the meantime. No, I'll, I'll, just stick, I'll stick with my my. I'll stick with my answer. I, I'm pretty sure we have not spoiled a thing, but um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just I just love that um, we were able to put together um, really dynamic scenes that um, work as a, a a large scene that you know it represents this iconic moment maybe between the scenes in in the movie um and uh we were also able to to split that up into uh, command cards that work um that it was a it was a engaging experience to as an art director where a lot of the time you know i just like to let artists do their thing uh with really minimal touches um, this was very much a back and forth process of trying to figure out what what works and what doesn't. Um, so it was just uh, uh, more more work for me, but but kind of more fun, you know, um, more involved, and I, I enjoy being involved. So. Awesome, thanks. Alrighty, well, I think we did it. I think we did it. Unless, unless we can somehow get a spoiler out of you guys. No, there. <laughs> They're, they're an impenetrable fortress. It's totally fine. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, I thank you very much for joining us today and answering some of our questions. Hopefully the uh, listeners found them uh, awesome to listen to as well. So that was very cool to get a insider look on how the art and miniatures was made. So, and a little bit of the development. So again, very much appreciated. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you very much for for joining us. I, I learned so much, and that was, was a blast hearing a little bit about the the behind the scenes that you know, 
Had, hadn't been talked about on a mini extravaganza yet. So <laughs> stay tuned for the next mini extravaganza in later this year. I don't know when. Do you know when? Literally. I have no idea. <laughs> it, it's a new year, no. so it could be whenever you want. <laughs> I, I mean, I assume there's one this year, I guess. I might be overstepping here. <laughs> one, one hasn't been announced. Is that the spoiler? There is a mini extravaganza. Yeah, there's your spoiler. There there you there's probably a There's your spoiler. Mission, mission accomplished. Thank you guys very much. We really do appreciate it. <laughs> Thank y'all for having us. We we appreciate what y'all do as well. And uh yeah. I know it's a lot of work to run a podcast, so cheers. <laughs> it's a lot of work making a game so cheers to yeah. right back to you <laughs> we got the easy job i think yeah we just talk about your work <laughs> and it's been good work <laughs> thank, you. thank you very much hey welcome back to inglorious blasters so that was an awesome interview with amg and let's uh let's go over some moff gideon now brendan yeah. you want to go over his uh his unit card I'm happy to. Uh, Moff Gideon. I, I gotta love just the, the little text underneath his uh, card, because I don't normally read this. It's it's just long live the Empire. I mean, that... I mean, what more do you want? Uh, he Dramatic, is, I love it. Exactly. He's part of the Empire. He's a commander unit for 100 points. Uh, red defense dice that do surge to defense. Surges to crit. 5 health and courage 3. He's got... Uh, speed 2. He's got Gideon's Custom Blaster Pistol, which is range 1 to 2, 1 red, 2 black, pierce 1, and Advanced Combat Training for Melee, which is 2 red. He also has 2 Command Upgrades, a Training Upgrade, a Gear Upgrade, and an Armament Upgrade. Uh, and his keywords are he has a Free Observe 1, Entourage Imperial Dark Troopers, Ruthless, which is a new keyword. So when another friendly core trooper unit at range two and in line of sight that has a face-up order token activates, it may suffer one wound to perform one free action. He's also got sharpshooter one and tactical one. So, I mean, he got, got a lot on that card. Um, as I said, he has one armament. It's the dark saber. It's now our third dark saber in the game. It's a melee weapon with five black dice. It's Moff Gideon only. This unit gains Demoralize 1, and while defending against a melee attack, gains Immune Pierce. And it is also Impact 1 and Pierce 1 for 15 points. And then lastly, we have his command cards. I'll go 3-2-1. Uh, his 3-pip is Moment of Consideration. It can order either three core or heavy units, so you know just three of any of those unit ranks. Um, units issued orders by this card gain fire support this round. His two pip is you have something I want, which had been previously spoiled. It's a paragraph of text. Uh, this card orders two units. This card cannot be chosen during the first round. After orders have been issued, choose a friendly Imperial Dark Troopers unit that has a face-up order token. Remove that unit from the battlefield, keeping all tokens. Then place it on the battlefield beyond range 2 of all enemy units. Then flip their order token face down. And then lastly, his one pip, Die at My Hand, which just orders Moff Gideon. 
and Moff Gideon gains Relentless, an AIM token, and a Dodge token. Spicy. Ooh, a lot, a lot to unpack, <laughs> but I love what I see. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'm not an I, Empire I, player, so it doesn't affect me, but he seems really good. <laughs> seems really good. I oh, you, just, you'll probably see him uh, on the table against you, so oh, he's going to affect your game. I'm, I'm definitely running him. Because um, I, I don't think it'll be good. But I love the fact that you could run Gideon and three Dark Troopers, and each Dark Trooper can activate twice. Yeah, that's six activations worth, right? When you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Or seven, including uh, Gideon, my bad. Yeah. But yeah, and we still haven't fully gotten all the stats on the Dark Troopers with all their upgrades. But. It, it seems fun. I mean, at minimum, you run Gideon, you're running one Dark Trooper because of Entourage. Um, I'm also... Big... I, I think... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brendan. Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm just excited that Moff Gideon is not only good uh, with Death Troopers. Or I'm sorry. Uh, Dark Troopers. My bad. <laughs> I'm going to do that the entire podcast, and I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so not only is he good with Dark Troopers, but I think he's going to be like a really good vehicle commander in general because um, his three pip is really good and he's going to give observe tokens out to like uh, targets. Um, it just seems like really good stuff and he can play a like a backline unit with the dark saber equipped. It's, it's just a really overall good toolkit. Um, again, not only for dark troopers, but for like vehicles, it's, it's going to be sweet. Or if you want to be even trooper focused, right? Because let's just talk about the three pip. Uh, giving fire support is just like, that's no joke. Yeah. <laughs> the Empire is going to have a field day with this. This is going to be insane. It's, it's going to be amazing giving fire support to core or heavies for a turn. Right. Uh, it's it's pretty ridiculous, especially if you, you know, just play like Gar for a turn and, you know, have all the dice go to somebody who surges to crit it'll it'll be amazing um not to mention paired with his ruthless keyword it, it's basically a less good new ways to motivate them but constant um i mean it's it's really good uh especially with our knowledge of the new suppression rules coming hey yeah you, you've got a suppressed unit all right kill a guy Free action, recover, and then they've got their two actions. Yeah, he really, <laughs> he really is the complete package. I mean, between ruthless, I was thinking that, and being able to recover a unit that then becomes a scoring unit that might not have otherwise been able to because they were panicked, um, and just the fact that he's a courage three commander for a hundred points—that's a very big, um, you know, courage bubble of. You know, it's going to take more than six to get one of your units to panic while he's on the table. Um, and then you can throw the Darksaber on him, and he's got, you know, the five die attack surge crit. He can use that one pip as, on his dive turn and get three aims between tactical with two moves, whack on relentless, and then the aim from the card. Uh, and then, like you said, the fire support just opens up so many powerful combos so he really is an extremely flexible unit at a very affordable cost. Yeah, and I love how much of a like 
he's almost a budget Jedi with the dark saber. He's yeah. definitely a Jedi counter because he's got demoralize one with the dark saber. So standbys are useless if you're in, in contact with him or you know anywhere near him. He's just gonna strip it with the demoralize. Yeah, he kind of messes with a lot of the tricks that Maul can pull. Um, I mean, any Force user that's going to take a standby, that's the one that comes to mind first. But, it, I mean, there's so many things. And you th- give the give him the Darksaber and the fact that he's only 100 points, he's 115. And he's, I mean, he's got the same uh, attack profile and defense profile as a Mandalorian. Um, he's yeah. spicy. Without the impervious. That's the intimidating part. Like Without he... the impervious, yep. Yeah. yeah. That's the intimidating part. He's got the, I guess, the Death Trooper save, right? Yeah. Because they don't have Impervious either. So he could definitely get in there and mix it up. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, looking forward to this guy. He he would feel way too strong if he had more range than range two. Uh, I'm happy that, you know, he's he's definitely a close range guy and not, you know, overpowered in any way. Like, good at everything. He's, He's definitely a good commander. And he's a he's a decent melee piece, but he's he's not necessarily the the best for contributing otherwise, aside from his command cards. It is pretty crazy though when you compare him to like Veers or Krennic at seventy five points. You pay I'd pay twenty five points for the Courage three bubble alone, um, but then he's got crazy good command cards. Ruthless can open up some kind of funky things that your opponent might not see coming the observe is just like a free bonus and uh even defensively like we i mean he's basically yoda defensively surge block five wounds immune pierce only in melee immune pierce but only in melee but there's just a lot of flexibility there and a lot of cool things that you can do with his toolkit yeah i mean he he looks so much fun i mean yeah, his, his one pip, he can get to places if he needs to. His three pip, things will die. And his two pip is just <laughs> bonkers moving a dark trooper wherever. Yeah, go claim that objective or uh, go run away, save some activation points. Yeah. yeah imagine. It's just so good. Imagine playing a triple dark trooper list with him on rapid reinforcements. You can rapid reinforce two Darth Troopers down, and then you can, on the second turn, move another Dark Trooper. And then they're just all up in your face. Yeah, it's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. <laughs> it seems fun. I, again, I don't know if it's good. Waiting for Dark Trooper stats, but... Man, I, I mean, John already touched on it, but poor Krennic and Veers. Uh... <laughs> I man, this is just this is just really good. I, I I love the command cards. Like the three pip is, the three pip is the one I'm gonna be like playing around with the most. Like how can I make that the most disgusting possible? Is it d- double ATSD? Is it like short troopers? You know, um, like, and then all of a sudden my short trooper unit earns fire support. Um, yeah, like imagine there, there's good ways to good ways to do this. Imagine that, and then like following it up with um oh, i'm drawing a complete blank on the title the the other empire three pip with all the aims oh coordinated fire that's the one coordinated fire just back to back just yep mayhem <clears throat> <laughs> i was thinking 
pairing him with Boba, because um, then rule with you could do rule with respect, uh, like for back to back three pips, like just adding extra dice and then um, sit back at range four, and just keep shooting, <laughs> and then you have this three pip when they get close enough to fire support. So I was actually doing something ridiculous, uh, and everyone's free to laugh at me because, uh, as we said at the beginning of the the, co- uh, the podcast, uh, we we are all unwell minds. Um, I was trying to look and see if it was actually doable to do a Krennic and Gideon uh, list <laughs> mashup with, with three heavies and four special forces. Uh, no, unfortunately, even without upgrades, it goes over 800 points. Okay. Whew. Um, but I tried, I tried, I had to see if it was possible. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that just seemed too ridiculous not to think about. Uh, again, overall, super excited for this unit. Any, any other thoughts, gentlemen, before we, uh, close this podcast out? Uh, having no. just spoken to Preston, I got to give big kudos on the artwork for uh, all of Gideon's cards. I mean, the, the Darksaber art card is just amazing. I mean, it looks so much like Giancarlo Esposito. Um, and then the... I'm, I'm really... I really like the uh, art on the, the three pip with the, the Death Troopers and the Storm Troopers. It just looks so nice. The one pip looks really good. Die at my hand. Yeah. Like I, I like the action. You you could feel the the heavy the heavy swing that he's doing. It's good. Yeah. Great job, Preston. <laughs> yeah, they are very cool. Just for funsies, I just threw together a uh, Gideon with the dark saber, triple dark troopers, two shores with the T twenty one, two mortars. So eight activations, but it'd feel like eleven by the time you double activate the dark troopers. That is six forty-eight. So that would give you a hundred and fifty-two points to kit out the dark troopers once the heavies are spoiled. That's disgusting. I, I love mean, it. <laughs> it it you don't you don't care about suppression. Your opponent's really gonna feel the you know the suppression between all your range four death troopers and then all your suppressive mortar shots. Um. Yeah, it that it makes me want to play Empire. Honestly, that three as soon as I read that three pip and saw fire support, I was like, "Hey, wait a minute, that's, <laughs> that's my, a Garth." That's, that's my keyword. <laughs> um, so it actually, <laughs> we we like fun uh, keywords too, John. Okay, not just you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what makes it even better is that dark troopers have infinite courage. So what suppression? I don't care. That that's at your entire force. I mean. Half of it just basically doesn't care at all to begin with. And then the other half has the courage bubble yeah. from Moth Gideon. Infinite courage, red defense saves, and full armor. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> with And his command cards are tailored for them to be amazing. Yep. Cool. Alrighty, how about we land the ship? Uh, we are the Inglorious Blasters. I'm Corey. I'm John. I'm Brendan. Yay, Art. If you liked this episode and would like to interact with us, please like our page on Facebook, search for The Inglorious Blasters, a Star Wars Legion podcast, 
Follow us on Instagram at SWL Inglorious Blasters. Subscribe to us on your preferred podcasting app. Please give us a rating and maybe leave a review. It would really help us out. Stay glorious, everyone. <laughs>